A popular outcast production. I'm going to spread open that audacity. podcast. This is episode 30, and we are recording on September the 10th, 2014. My name is Emmer Smith. I'm here with my lovely associates. Kevin Seibert. And the accommodator, Mark Matters. Ah, excellent. How is everybody this evening? How are you, Kevin? I'm doing quite well, Emrys. How are you? I am fine. Except that my dog is hanging out right outside my bedroom door <laughs> and is barking. Well, God bless America. I don't know. God bless my dog. No, that's tomorrow. What happens tomorrow? Nine <laughs> eleven. God, we, oh, God blesses America. You can't talk about nine eleven on a podcast. <laughs> well, not this podcast, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what a downer! All right, <laughs> Kevin, what are you drinking? I'm on a 21st Amendment kick, uh-huh. oh. drinking one of their seasonals that they just came out with, the He Said Baltic Porter. I've had it. Yeah, it's got like a pumpkin flavor in it. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it. It's also 8.2% ABV, so nice. I'm going to be having a good time. I also haven't eaten all day, so this is going to be oh. pretty cool. Podcast gold. <laughs> so wait, how much are those out there? Uh, 21st Amendment's expensive out here. It's like 10 bucks for a four-pack. Wow. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, that's the Monk's Blood was 12 bucks a four-pack out here. It was something like that here, too. Yeah, they're not cheap, but I like them. What have you been playing that's not for the podcast? I, just this week, downloaded Super Mario 3D World, because yeah. there's a sale on the eShop right now, so I got it for 33% off. I figure, if I can save $20, I don't need a physical copy. Sure. Yeah. So I need to know what you think, because I think it's the best Mario game since Mario went 3D. It's very comparable to 3D Land for the 3DS, so Uh far anyway. I really like the cat suit. I think that's a lot of fun. Yeah. I haven't gotten very far in it yet. I haven't had a lot of time to play it. I saved at right outside the castle for World 2. That's as far as I've gotten so far. Okay, so you're still in the very, very easy portion of the game. Yeah, I haven't really had a hard time with it. But I like how all of the characters are different to play. Yes. It's like playing Super Mario Bros. 2 again. It is. I was all princess until I, spoilers, unlocked Rosalina. I was all Toad. Nice. Yeah, Toad was always my go-to character in Super Mario Bros. 2. Yeah, they changed him to the fastest instead of the strongest in this one, but it's fine. Well, I mean, there's nothing for him to be strong about. Yeah, that's true. And he was always the fastest in that game, because characters' running speeds in Super Mario Bros. 2 changed if they were carrying something. Ah. So Toad was the fastest in that as well. But yeah, I'm liking it a lot so far. The question of the week is, is Bob Barker still alive? Without looking it up. I'm (laughs) pretty sure that, by my uninformed opinion, that Bob Barker is still alive. I hope that he's still alive. Why do you hope? (laughs) Um, Because I used to watch The Price is Right when I would stay home sick from school. That's a good reason, I guess. 
The only thing I really know about Bob Barker is that he endorsed neutering your animals and that he loved the titties. He loved the titties? Yeah. There are all these YouTube compilations of, like, The Price is Right, where Bob Barker is gazing at some woman's breasts as they fly around. (laughs) I never saw that. I'll have to check it out. Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I got this weird cough. I think it's allergy-related, but boo-hoo. I have the worst life. Wah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, God forbid that you complain about your ailments. Jesus. Yeah. It's definitely good radio. (laughs) So what have you been playing that's not for the podcast, Mark? I've still been playing The Last Story on Wii, and I think I made some comments about that game last episode that aren't entirely true, but I'm not going to take the time out of this podcast to go back and fix stuff. But I guess I remembered the story a little bit differently than it really is, and I apologize for any mistakes, but it's not like anyone called us out on it anyway. But I've also been playing Resident Evil The Mercenaries on 3DS, because it was like 9 bucks on the eShop. There was this big Capcom sale. Cool. It's a fun shooting game, but I'm glad I didn't buy it new, because you can go back and replay every mission with different characters and stuff like that, but other than that, it's pretty shallow. There's not a lot to do. So I'm, I'm glad I got it for 9 bucks, but man, I'm glad I didn't pay 40 for it. What are you drinking tonight, sir? Here I have a Sutter Home Moscato, Mm. some sweet white wine. I don't like red wines at all, unless you count port. I don't know where port falls in there. I love port. And I don't really like white wines like Chardonnay or Pinot Grigio or anything like that, but I do like my sweet wines. And I get called out a lot on this, get made fun of quite a bit, but I would just like to remind people that mead is a sweet white wine. And if I'm drinking the same type of thing that the likes of, oh, I don't know, King Arthur, Beowulf, and Ned Stark drank, then I consider that pretty good company um, compared to, you know, rich wine snobs from Napa Valley. Well said. Yeah. (laughs) Way to stand up for yourself, Mark. I don't even like the sweet white wines. I really just like mead. I remember a time, Kevin, when your favorite alcoholic beverage was white Zinfandel. Oi. That's true. <laughs> that's, that's that's Granny's nap time juice. I don't know. That's, I bet they sell a ton of that in Boca Raton. The question of the week is, Mark, is Bob Barker still alive? I am conflicted. I think he is dead, but I just want to believe that he's alive and he's out there sexually harassing someone somewhere <laughs> right this moment. Or spaying an animal. Yeah, with his own two hands and teeth. Um, He had, like, multiple lawsuits against him for sexually harassing the women on that show. How are you, Emerus? I am quite content. Do you have a beverage nearby? I have some water. It is filtered by Brita. Oh, I've heard of this. Wait, from from Community? No. Did you finally start watching that? I did. Yes! I'm halfway through season two, and I love it. See, that's the thing. Like, everybody has to get past that rough first half of their first season, and then they love it. Yeah, the paintball episode is what made me go, okay, this is the best show. Yeah. Modern Warfare is brilliant. What have you been playing, Emrys? I have not been playing anything. I've been playing Phoenix Wright still, because I haven't finished that game. It's a long game. It's good. You get your money's worth. Yeah, that's true. And a book. What? Well, I mean, the game's basically a book. Yeah, it's more or less a book, yeah. Question of the week, is Bob Barker alive? I have to say that I think Bob Barker is dead. I'm pretty confident of that. Can someone look it up? I guess I'll look it up. 
his Wikipedia page does not have a date of death. Uh, oh. That means he's still alive. He's 90 years old. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Mystery solved. But he also has a whole section on his Wikipedia page dedicated to controversy. Mm-hmm. Dem titties. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah, tasteful. We can jump into reviews then. For my review this week, I am taking on Calculords for Android OS. Calculords is a game by Ninja Crime, and it is by Sean Baby, the comedy writer. Sean Baby writes for Crack.com and a couple other websites, and he made a game for iOS, and now it's recently out on Android, called Calculords. Calculords is more game than I can handle. I'm just going to be right up front about that. It's got a lot going on. Yeah, I finished the tutorial, and I fought the first main bad guy once, and I lost. And after that, it it was a deep look into my soul, where I did the tutorial again, just to make sure I hadn't missed something. And I'm starting slowly to unlock the skill set necessary to excel with Calculords, but it's not a game for the meek. Isn't the skill set just basic math? That's fair. All right, let me just break the game down for you, because there's a lot going on. The game space takes place in three lanes. You pull units to your lane from a deck of cards that you have, a deck of 30 cards, which come up randomly in a hand of, I think, four or five. You play a card to that lane, and the enemy plays cards to their lane, and they meet in the middle and shoot each other. There's a lot of things happening with those units, The way that you deploy your units is you, instead of having a resource that you spend, you have a layout of numbers. Like a calculator. Right. And each card has a big number on it, which is the amount of resources it costs to deploy that card. And then you have numbers 1 through 9 that you get randomly. And you can use multiplication, subtraction, and addition to take those numbers to equal one of the numbers on the cards, and then you deploy the card that way. Is it possible to spell out boobs in Calculords? (laughs) It is not possible to spell out boobs. You could probably do it, but it would be more trouble than it would be worth. Like, I don't even know... Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's possible. Well, spelling out boobs is kind of its own reward. <laughs> right. But, yeah. I'm not going to say it's impossible, but I don't think it would accomplish anything. I mean, I think what it accomplishes is obvious. <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> you want to take the numbers that they give you, deploy your units and eventually get all of your units over to the enemy base where they deal damage to your enemy, and that's how you win. There are several layers of strategy that happen at every stage of this process, and it gets to be quite comprehensive as it happens. I'm struggling to describe it because there's really a lot going on. Yeah, I downloaded it a few months ago when it came out on iOS, and I enjoyed it, but it's, it is. It's really, it's really kind of complicated. The first difficulty that you run into is 
you have to get your numbers to equal the unit that you want to deploy because you have to deploy your the best unit to the right lane you'll have a number like 37 and then you have all these random digits 1 through 9 and you have to get them all together to equal 37. So sometimes that's easier than other times. Are you pressed for time? I can't remember. No, there's no time limit. Okay. And you can try as many combinations as you want before you commit. What happens when you get it wrong? I forget that as well. There's no getting it wrong. You just hit clear, and it resets all the numbers. The second thing that you're trying to do is you want to clear all the numbers that you, you have available. So if you can get rid of all of them, you receive what's called a calculord bonus, and you get a whole new array of numbers, so that you have a second chance to deploy all your units. Because you want to put down as many of your characters as you can each round. That can be quite frustrating, too, if you're one digit off from clearing everything, or one off from deploying a specific unit. It happens quite frequently that you feel like your hands are tied because you'll have a handful of cards that you just seem to be unable to play. And this is where I start feeling like I'm just not good enough at math to play this game, is when I have like cards that cost a certain amount and I have numbers and I can't get them to match up. And the game, it says, you should be able to clear your deck every round. I don't know. There's definitely a tier of skill that you can achieve in this game by just learning what numbers are good for what cards. When you get that down, you can go in and customize your deck by earning cards by fighting the, the enemies. Oh, so it almost has like a CCG aspect to it? Yes. It has a deck building side, which is quite deep just by itself. Do you get random cards, at, or like, do you get the same card at like every interval? I think every time you beat like an enemy, a Star-Lord, I think they're called, every time you beat one of them, you get a random card, I think, from a pool. And then you can take all those cards that you've earned and build your own deck with them. You can also customize the number deck, which is the numbers that come up that you need to add and multiply together to play your cards. So if you have a lot of cards that end in five, you can customize your number deck to have a lot of fives in it, like fives and threes, you know, so that you can play those cards. I feel like I'm only scratching the surface of how complex this game is. <laughs> can you imagine the pitch? Like, you can tell this guy's been punched in the head too many times, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I want to make this, like, 8-bit style sci-fi game where the battle system is like turn-based on three lanes and it's got a CCG card deck you have to play from and then right. math. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. It's like a million genres. I'll tell you what. The game is actually really amazingly well designed. I don't feel like it's cheating at all at any point. I'm no. like, oh, wow, I'm just not good enough yet at this game to continue playing. I'm going to have to start over the tutorial and take it again just so I can understand what's going on. I don't feel like the game is too difficult or unfair. It just has a lot going on that I don't grasp yet. And I'll tell you another thing. The art in the game is amazing. Each one of your units has its own little animation and its own design, which has a lot of character in it. Sean Baby is the one who did all the art. 
So he did a really amazing job. The units have a ton of personality. The enemy characters that you fight also have a lot of personality to them. To be honest, I've only run into one so far, but all of his quips were really funny, and I didn't run into any of them more than once. So there's a lot of personality going on in that game. There are some downloadable microtransactions that you can do. The game itself costs $2.99, so $3 on the Google Play Store. It has a number of downloadable expansion packs where you can buy cards. Each one of those is $1.99. They could help you out with practice on the game by being like, the expansion pack is 50 cents, plus 45 cents, plus 35 cents, plus... <laughs> right. They don't actually do that to you. But the expansion packs are all themed, so you can download like a mutant deck or a robot deck or whatever. For $1.99, you can join the Calculords Fun Club, where you get an extra card every time you finish a match. Oh. Yeah, so it's sort of like saying, hey, thanks for buying our game. If you're enjoying it, give us another $2 and you'll be able to enjoy it just a little bit more. <laughs> Which, you know, I think that's an effective sales pitch. Yeah, it's not something you have to do. You're still getting cards. It's not saying like, oh, in order to get cards, you have to give us money. It's just like a constant reminder, like, oh yeah, for just $2, I could be playing this game a little bit more effectively. So I have to give them credit for having an excellent sales pitch on their DLC. It's an excellent game. I would have to give it 1 plus 1 times 2 minus 3. I've lost track. You're at one. <laughs> Plus seven divided by two out of five stars. Three out of five? I think it's four. Okay, I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to review Gemini Strike from Armor Games Incorporated. It is free on the iOS App Store. It's a vertical scrolling shoot 'em up, similar to Raiden or Ikigura or Truxton. You play as this tiny spaceship piloted by a clone, spoilers, and make your way through aggressive hordes of much larger, faster, stronger enemy ships. This type of game has acquired this affectionate nickname over the years, Bullet Hell Shooter, and it definitely applies here. Multiple enemies fire on your ship at the same time, and only the you know, the quickest and smoothest pilots are going to be able to navigate through these tiny little spaces in between them. Therein lies Gemini Strike's primary weakness. Your ship mimics every movement of your finger, albeit slightly delayed, unfortunately. And on the small screen of your average iPhone, those tiny spaces between bullets are hard to slip a finger in between. Getting the timing perfect is next to impossible due to that delay. It might be better on an iPad or the forthcoming iPhone 6 Plus, but... I do not have access to either of those, obviously. Yeah, I was wondering, because those games require really tight play control, and it's so hard to get that on a touchscreen. Yeah, uh, it would be a little bit easier if there wasn't a delay, but still, like, your average finger is still way bigger than some of those gaps that you have to squeeze between. You need, like, a Q-tip or something, I don't know. If they had a stylus, maybe it would work. Other than that, though, the game has potential to be a great shooter, but not having those tight controls is devastating. Halfway through the second world, 
I was completely unable just to make it through the array of death traps on the screen going on at all times, and I just quit forever. Now, admittedly, I could have spent several more hours replaying missions to grind for upgrades, increase my life bar and all that stuff, but I had a, I had a tight deadline this episode because, you know, life, man. I do appreciate a few of the changes they've made to the genre for the sake of their game. Uh, there are no one-hit kills, as you get in some of the, the more difficult shooters. Instead, you have this, you know, it's a beefy enough life bar, which, as I think I said, is upgradable. You can upgrade, you know, armor, speed, firepower, all that stuff. And there are even, like, perks. You get this pulse bomb thing that automatically fires and freezes enemy ships every time you take a certain amount of damage, or I think there's, like, missiles that will automatically fire and seek out enemies under similar circumstances to that. And as far as like your typical mobile gaming failings, there are microtransactions, but I was never barraged with them. I, like I don't even remember it really coming up at all. I knew they were there, but I never felt the need to take advantage of, of anything like that. Like the game supplies me with plenty of currency, and if I had replayed a few of the missions, I would have earned plenty more. And wouldn't even had to think about buying the elite currency that gets you like extra lives and stuff like that. I feel like that's all you can really ask for in a mobile game anymore because microtransactions yeah. are just kind of the way they do things now and as long as yes. they aren't intrusive or necessary to play the game I guess that's really all you can ask for. I believe it's an icon on a menu somewhere that's tiny but at the same time I I've already finished all my wine, so I can't really remember. But <laughs> there's a really cool feature in the game that I thought was awesome, and that's co-op. A random player can join your game at any time, and the two of you can tackle a level together. To have like a white knight ride in and save you, is it's, it's a welcome feature in a game like this. And I'm, I'm, I'm really glad it's there. It, it only happened to me once, because it seems like it's... I don't want to say random, because people definitely choose to do it. I don't think you can recruit. I think it automatically just says, hey, somebody is here to join you. And then you two go off and do a mission together. So I think, I don't know, it's, it's semi-random, sort of. It's a cool feature. I really want to recommend Gemini Strike. The graphics are really clean. Soundtrack is fantastic. Awesome ship designs, great bosses. There's a wealth of great features. There's a story, but and the co-op's awesome, and so on and so forth. But the controls make it all moot. If I can't make my ship go where I want it to, there's no point in me playing this. Could they tighten it up in a future update? Sure. But I don't think they'll ever be able to perfect it without controller support. I don't have a controller, so I don't know if it's there, but it's not easy to play on a touchscreen. I can recommend it to whoever if you want to try it out and stuff, but it's not a must-have game, I guess. I guess we're going to talk about Azure Striker Gunbolt, huh? I don't even know if that's an appropriate sound effect. <laughs> you actually don't shoot as much as you might expect to, but there will be more on that later. Azure Striker Gunbolt. It's developed by Into Creates, $14.99 on the 3DS eShop. It's a 2D action platformer. First of all, I just want to start with, Gunbolt might be the silliest name for a hero. <laughs> like... He carries a gun, and he generates electricity, so they call him Gunvold. I just kind of wonder if that was, like, the first name they came up with for him. <laughs> and he wears blue. 
and strikes. So he's Azure Striker Gunvolt. Yeah, he looks like Cloud Strife with a French braid. <laughs> so he looks silly too. They were going to cut the French braid out for the U.S. release, but there was like an outcry, so they added it back in. I mean, I wouldn't have wanted them to take it off, but at the same time, it's a kind of ridiculous character design. Really, it's kind of just a mullet that's been put into a French braid. Am I right? I mean, that's what it would have to be. If he took it out of the braid, yes, it would be a wicked mullet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because it's a really impressively long French braid. I mean, he could whip his hair back and forth, you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the game is very inspired by Mega Man X. It's complete with the dashes, the fast action, and the wall climbing that the X series was always well known for and did very well. However, Gunvolt fights differently than X. What he does is he uses his gun to tag enemies and then shocks them with this flash field ability that he has to deal heavy damage. Because the, the, the shots themselves do almost nothing. They do a couple of hit points of damage, and then the flash field is what actually does heavy damage. Each tag is... it only lasts for a limited amount of time, and enemies have ways of breaking the tag that's on themselves. So you're encouraged to be very accurate and precise with your shots, because you can tag each enemy up to three times to increase the damage. Uh -huh. So you have to be quick and accurate to be able to deal maximum damage and kill the enemies before they kill you. Like Mega Man X and Mega Man before, the game is non-linear. The first six bosses can be taken in any order, and then after that you go into the final stages. There are another four stages that take you to Dr. Wily. I mean Sigma. I mean Nova. Sorry, the guy's name's Nova. The guy's name's Nova. That's sort of a brief overview. The combat is pretty different than Mega Man games, despite it being build similarly to the Mega Man games. The influence is clearly there, but the flash field is the major difference because it's something that you just have to keep an eye on. Your energy that you use to maintain your flash field is used for other activities as well. Like it fuels your double jump, it fuels certain upgrades that you can get. Like There's something you can equip that makes it so that if you have energy, it will reduce the damage you take from attacks. So it's just a resource that you have to manage carefully. With that overview of the game, I'm going to start going into the pros and cons of it. The good things are the graphics and animation are very good. Gunvolt's sprite sort of like vibrates and has like this trail that runs behind him as he moves. So it makes him like appear to be like surging with power, which I think is really cool. How's the animation on that mullet? Oh, that mullet <laughs> animation is fantastic. <laughs> I felt like I was at a monster truck rally. <laughs> The music's enjoyable. It's very comparable to higher quality 16-bit music that was in the X games. The level designs are clever as well. The level that stands out to me is there was a level that is in like a, a science lab where you're wandering through and there are like all these genetic experiments lying around that are waiting to come to life and attack you. And the only way that you can see is by using your flash field to light your way, but it only gives you very limited field of vision. So it's actually pretty creepy and you have to, it slows your progress because you don't want to run into a pit or into like one of these mutants that's going to try to eat you. The game isn't as hard as X, but it's still challenging. That's good that you don't just rush right through it. In order to beat Gunvolt, you do need lightning reflexes. <laughs> Overall, it's a good 2D action platformer, but it fails at all of the other things it tries to do. Oh no. Yeah, see, if it had just tried to be a 2D action platformer, that would have been fantastic. I would have loved that but it kind of half-assed some other elements that I wasn't as into. It has an RPG leveling up element, 
which it gives you additional hit points and everything. And that, to me, just isn't as satisfying as having to find hidden items in X was. Like, in order to gain health in X, or in order to gain power, you had to explore the levels and find hidden upgrades that Dr. Light left for you. But in Azure Striker Gunbolt, it's possible to become more powerful just by grinding levels which is sort of disappointing. You just run the same levels multiple times, get really good at them, and kill enemies, and that's all you really have to do. There's a customization element to it, in keeping with the RPG part, but it isn't that great. You build your equipment using components that you get as rewards for completing the levels, and having like a certain level of performance on them. But the problem is, these components are so rare that you have to grind the levels. You have to run through them multiple times to get the right components. And it's random which ones you get, so it's not that you can oh, be like, well, no. I need Boy. this particular element, so I'm going to run this level. It's like, I'm going to run this level and then hope I luck out. It could do worse as far as a game that makes you repeat levels. You are graded on your performance and speed, and you get more components depending on your performance. So that's a nice way to maintain interest. Like, I did play some of the levels multiple times just to try to beat my best time. It's sort of a Sonic-esque feel to it, in terms of trying to just rush through it. Like, fighting isn't always the best option. Sometimes you want to just avoid enemies so that you don't waste time fighting them and you can get a better time. Okay. If you want to customize your character, there's no way around grinding levels, and that's disappointing. It's annoying enough in an RPG where a random encounter takes about 30 seconds on an action platformer game where it takes four to five minutes to get through a level or more. It's not really acceptable to ask somebody to grind. Another thing is, this is probably just a pet peeve of mine, but the game is really petrification heavy. And by that, I mean it's a status effect where your character, if you don't dodge an attack at the right time, you get petrified. And the the effect lasts way too long, and you have to button mash to get out of it. Ugh. Anytime I'm oh, forced no. to button mash to break free from a negative status, I get grumpy, because all I feel like is I'm breaking my system or controller or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. That really bothered me. That's weird and random. Yeah, I would much rather they just be like, all right, you know, you're petrified for five seconds. Or not have every enemy petrify you. Well, no, every enemy doesn't petrify you. Well, I'm exaggerating, but... Right, but but there are like a number of bosses that do it, and I screamed profanity every single time it happened because I just felt like I was breaking my 3DS every time. Is that they're sort of using your own strategy against you? Because when you tag the enemies, does that sort of petrify them? No. No, they, they're still, like, doing whatever while they're tagged. Oh. It really just felt like a cheap trick. Okay. Because, like, the other thing is, it completely drains all of your energy when you're petrified, so you take full damage while you're petrified. So wow. if you get petrified, if you have less than, like, three-quarters health, you might as well just die. Because by the time you break out of it, you're going to have no health left. Another thing is, the Mega Man games and the X-Series... One of the highlights of that was special abilities that you gain from killing enemies, whereas in this game, it's all based on level-ups and not on enemies that you kill. After a certain number of levels, you'll gain, like, a new gun or something, but I never found any of the guns to be game-changing enough to make it worthwhile. And the other thing is, you do gain special abilities that use a resource called SP, but you only ever have three SP at a time, and all of the skills share that, and they recharge so slowly. It doesn't encourage you to experiment. You have to hold out on using these special abilities because you might need them later. And that takes out an element to the game that was always really fun about Mega Man and Mega Man X. It sounds like they had a good game, and then they tried to extend it Mm -hmm. by padding it out with these mechanics. Well, I would have loved to have these special abilities, but 
put them on like their own separate resource chains, like the Mega Man series always handled it, rather than having you share one resource for every special ability. It's bullshit, and the cooldown is way too long. Yeah. The plot didn't really make a whole lot of sense, but at least they let you skip it. I don't play these games for a story, I play these games because I love classic action platformers, and Gunvolt is a really great action platformer. It's just unfortunate it shoehorned in these other elements that weren't as well developed. But it does kind of leave me wondering, Gunvolt is the number one enemy of the organization he's fighting against. Why don't they just wear rubber suits? (laughs) Also, Gunvolt fights dirty. Gunvolt is an adept, and he's fighting other adepts who are evil. And all of them wield swords in battle. But Gunvolt brought a gun to a sword fight. (laughs) He's a dick. Which just seems unsporting. Yeah, (laughs) that's what it is. That's my opinions on Azure Striker Gunvolt. However... Since I bought the game before November 28th, I got a free download for Mighty Gunvolt, which was also developed by Intercreates. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing about this, because this was my main reason for wanting to download Azure Striker. Man, this is the game they should have actually sold. Oh, shoot. Yeah, if Azure Striker was influenced by X, this was definitely influenced by Mega Man Classic. It does some interesting different things. You can play as three different characters. One of them is Angel Ikoro from Galgun, Beck from the upcoming Mighty Number no. 9, and Gunvolt from the titular Gunvolt. That's awesome. Yeah, so you can choose any of the three characters for your playthrough, You can't switch out once you've chosen, but you get three save files in the game, so you get one playthrough for each character, basically. And every character's different. Ikoro can float short distances, much like Princess Peach from Super Mario Bros. 2 and Super Mario 3D World. She shoots a bow. She's a little easier to make, like, some of the trickier jumps with, just because of the floating ability. Yeah. Beck looks almost exactly like Mega Man. Like, his sprite (laughs) is... It had to have been done on purpose, and I think it's a really nice touch. (laughs) He can slide to fit into smaller areas. He has a similar attacking style to Mega Man. His jump sprite is almost exactly the same. You can charge his attack. Well, his normal attack looks like Mega Man's regular Mega Buster attack, minus the charge shot. Or you can charge him up to, like, execute a dash move that does double damage. And Gunvolt can do double jumps, and he also has a flash field. It's not the same as Azure Striker. It's more like the the beam ability that you get from the Waddle Doos in Kirby. It's only six levels. It's a very short game. I finished three playthroughs of it in about an hour, and that was my first time through. So it's not exceptionally challenging, but the levels are fun. They're well-designed. The bosses are pattern recognition like classic Mega Man games. They feature characters from Azure Striker, and I've never played Galgun, but I'm led to understand that there's some characters from Galgun in there as well as enemies. And the pattern recognition stuff just makes you feel really good because you can go through entire boss fights without taking damage, and you feel like you've done something with your life when that happens. Or... Maybe, like, you haven't done anything with your life, but <laughs> maybe, like, you've done too little with your life. The music is, like, a chiptunes rearrangements of the Gunvolt soundtrack and 
maybe other songs that I'm just not familiar with because I haven't played Galgun and Mighty Number no. 9 isn't out yet. The game is so much fun to play. I love the 8-bit visuals. They're beautiful. They're beyond anything that Mega Man ever did, in my opinion. The style is just perfect. Azure Striker is a decent, above-average game, but Mighty Gunvolt is... Like, honestly, that's what made me glad I made the purchase. That's cool that you got a bonus with your game. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I had to say about Mighty Gunvolt. I highly recommend it. Cool, well, let's delve into our portable past. portable pass today, and what I'd like to talk to you about is a weird little game for the DS called Trauma Center Under the Knife. Ah, uh, yes. Did you ever play it? I'm familiar with the series. I rented one of the games, but I never owned it. What happened with Trauma Center was that I spent one weekend watching a whole shitload of House MD, <laughs> and I decided that I wanted to be a doctor. That's the next natural step. The way to become a doctor for me was to go and buy a doctor game for the DS. It's cheaper than med school. It is. <laughs> it was substantially cheaper than med school. Trauma Center is a sort of surgeon simulator action puzzle game where the objective is to perform surgery on patients and cure them of these various ailments that they have. Is sex addiction one of them? No. No. <laughs> Virtually everything is like major surgery or removing a parasite or like a tumor. The very first mission is where somebody's in a car accident and you have to pull giant shards of glass right out of their heart. Ugh. This game is over the top. The way you play is you have a palette of various tools along the sides of the DS screen and you use the stylus to cut open, drain out, and suture, closed various parts of your patient's body. And I'll tell you what, the game is incredibly difficult, towards the end especially. The beginning is, it has a difficulty curve, but it goes from being relatively easy to, oh my god, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> the way you play is by tapping on the tool and then using it on your patient. So like for the scalpel, for example, you would just slice a line in the patient's body. And then you would use tweezers, for example, by tapping on an object and dragging it out. For example, in this very first mission, you're pulling giant shards of glass out of a person's heart. So you would have to tap on the glass, drag it out, and then suture closed the wound by drawing a zigzag with a suture tool. Early on, these puzzles are primarily just about using the tools correctly, but by the end of the game, you are on the clock. And so you end up swiping and dragging and scratching and doing all this stuff as fast as you possibly can and, like, jabbing your patient with life serum when they start to destabilize. It's an incredibly frenetic, dramatic kind of game. Isn't there magic at one point? Yeah, you get the, the touch of life, where I, I forget exactly how that works, but you zap your patient 
I think it primarily works for like the last stage of the surgeries. You get through the basic stuff and you use the touch of life and then there's like the end boss. It's more about the surgery. Like the emphasis is definitely on performing the proper procedures more so than using your magical powers. Mm-hmm. But there is some supernatural stuff that goes on. The fun thing about this game is the over-the-top action element to performing surgery on a person, where you're like just scrambling to pull huge glass shards out of somebody or to dissect a parasite that's in their brain. It's quite energetic. The best part about this game, though, is that a friend of mine was playing it with me, and we came up with a multiplayer version of Trauma Center for the Wii, because eventually they did release a Wii port of Trauma Center. Yeah, that's the one I played. Yeah. We decided that the way to play multiplayer is to take turns doing the missions as best as you can. You start out by drinking tequila, and then you have to do your best on each level. Every time you kill a patient, you have to take another shot of tequila, and whoever kills the patient fastest wins. It's called Tijuana Deathmatch. (laughs) I never actually finished it because it was too difficult. It gets really hard. Yeah. The premise of the game is that they're releasing these, like, artificially designed parasites into the population. So a lot of the later levels, you're trying to out-surgery these multiplying bacteria or whatever, and it becomes just too much. The guys run around slicing open your patient, and you have to scribble to close up the wounds, and you have to grab the parasite and like cut it in half and all this stuff. And the whole time, your patient is like, ah, I'm dying. <laughs> and it's just too much going on all at one time. So I never actually finished the game, just because it was too difficult. But I, I remember enjoying it quite a lot. That does sound like it was really hard. Does anyone ever show up to your ER because it's been too hard for four hours or more? <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody nobody ever comes in with a priapism. Okay. That would be quite that'd be quite the, the thing though. I'm 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 almost surprised they never did have anything like that, because it was a Japanese game. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure they would have to take it out for the American version. (laughs) I'm sorry, I think I derailed you. (laughs) I was imagining having to perform surgery on, like, a giant throbbing dick (laughs) on the bottom screen of the DS and, like, suturing it and, like, cutting it open. It was actually throbbing, so you have to be, like, really methodical with your strikes. Yep, you have to suction out all the engorged blood. You have to remove the bone. (laughs) Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason I was so silent there for a minute, I was trying to think of the what 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 would that be an app appen boner? I couldn't think of how to piece that <laughs> appendectomy. There, that that's good, but I really wanted to use the word boner. Yeah, yeah. I'm not up on my medical terms. No. I don't know if there's one a good one out there that has boner in it. Listeners, if you can think of a good one, put it on our Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> that's really all I have to say about Trauma Center. Other than Nintendo add dicks to the next one. Yes. I guess that's Capcom. More dicks, Capcom. More dicks, please. That's just good advice in general, though. They should do a plastic surgery one. <laughs> oh, yeah. So how, what's the rating? I give it four dead patients out of five. <laughs> so one living patient. That's a positive. <laughs>
thing now, having one living. Not game. if you play Emrys's version of the multiplayer That's game. True. That's right. Yes, exactly. You gotta kill people more efficiently. <laughs> so just to be clear, there's there's no butt stuff. There's no butt stuff now. No anal play. There is a cool mission where your job is to defuse a bomb using the surgery tool. In somebody's butt? No, there's there's oh. no butt stuff. Oh, Did I okay. not just finish saying there's no butt stuff? Well, you just went straight into having to defuse a bomb after I said stuff about butt stuff. Well, yeah. I just meant that there's it's not all surgery. There's a bomb stage. That's pretty cool. Because the skill sets overlap. Well, you suction out some of the water from one thing and you squirt it back into a bin on the other side, and then you have to cut wires and stuff. Mm-hmm. They make it work. That's it for this time. Thanks for listening. All right. I'm going to go strap a dildo to my chin. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Go over to portableoutcast.com. Clear your cookies or use incognito mode. Do the shopping that you'd normally do. We'll get a small cut of whatever it is you spend at no additional cost to you. Help us get noticed. Go over to iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe to the Portable Power Podcast. Get in touch with us. Maybe you'd like to send us a game review request or your own answer to our question of the week. You can email us at portablepowerpodcast at gmail.com or use Facebook, facebook.com slash portablepowerpodcast or get in touch with us on Twitter at portablepowerfm. Drink responsibly and listen to the next episode of the Portable Power Podcast so you can witness what happens when people don't.